0: Welcome, and thanks for joining me, Keen Barclay, on Down the Tunnel. Just an Irish footballer growing up playing the game in the streets of Dublin. Today's guest's journey brought him to the United States on a college scholarship where he had to culturally acclimate culture in the U.S., playing junior college soccer, the NAIA scene, in a new state, tryouts in the U.S. and in Ireland, and beginning his coaching career at one of his alma maters. He has purposefully utilized his experiences to continue to grow. Today, we go down the tunnel with Stephen Smith.
1: Steven Smith, welcome to the show. Hey, Keen, what's happening? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on to to share your experiences and your story and and your journey along the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited, and, and obviously, um, for your listeners, you've had a few guys on already, but uh, I obviously wouldn't be here well in this position anyway if I, if it wasn't for you who started the started it all off. So again, huge thanks. Uh, has to go out and and you and you know that right so. And yeah, right. I appreciate having me on your show. Yes. Selfishly. It's like, I I love seeing what you guys do and and the the
0: experiences and what you give back to the game, just because, you know, I have a special interest in those guys that, you know, I kind of brought over here or I recruited or had some small impact in, but what you guys are still doing in the game, it fascinates me. And I certainly want to keep track with what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Like, I'm, and I mean, like, I know, and a handful of, of guys that I'm still friends with, thanks to you, right? I met them through you as well, right? So and I know you 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 impacted many people from where I come from um as well, right? Like not only my country, but like within my like my city, you know, kids that grew up or like you impacted so many of us. So that's a that's a pretty big deal. So. well
0: I appreciate it, Steve. Well, let's let's talk about kind of how you started playing and and growing up and, and what that environment looked like for you.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, I mean, you know yourself. Like you lived in you lived in Scotland for quite a time, so you, you're really limited. It's not it's not like the United States to like what kind of sports you have. Like in in Ireland, we have a we have GAA, which would be our national sport. We have rugby. Rugby's kind of limited to if you go to like a private school, um, and then we have soccer, right? And that would be the big one. And then, and then there's other kind of like singular sports like boxing and stuff. But for for in regards to. Uh, and I guess the team sports, like football is the big one, right? So soccer, that meaning soccer, right? So I started off like everyone else does, kind of playing with your local team. Um, and then somewhere around the age of 15, and 16 is kind of where you make that switch where you're like, am I going to take this serious or am I going to just maybe like play Sunday league? Um, obviously you're chasing, like every kid has that aspiration, you're chasing to go pro. But, uh, but at that time, like you you don't know how realistic it really is, you know? and. Um, so I may I, I I played the highest level that you could for for youth in Ireland with St Patrick's Athletic before going to uh, after finishing high school before attending Clash the Ida, which is like a football academy. And I know you've had a few guests on that spoke about uh, Clash to Ida and how that's kind of helped get get them over here and help get uh, eyes on for the for the football scholarship. So and yeah, basically football is just life in 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 Europe, right? It's it's like that's really it for a lot of, for a lot of kids.
0: And you grew up a, a Man United fan, didn't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. For for, uh, I don't know if we want to we want to talk about that too much right now. But <laughs> you're probably pretty happy as a West Ham fan at the moment. But yeah, Man United. Yeah, I grew up as a Man United fan. Really in Dublin, it's it's mostly Man United and Liverpool, actually, which is which is funny enough. And um, you don't get too many other uh, fans. So what was that?
0: Is that just access that those are the teams you could see on TV or was it like the Irish player connections with those clubs or why do you think that is Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. Like my granddad was the he was a Man United fan. So I kind of just followed him. My, my dad was a Leeds fan. So I think it was like whatever teams realistically like my dad's era was like Leeds, Liverpool, Blackburn was actually relatively big. And um, so whatever teams are kind of doing well, and then you kind of just took over whatever your grandfather or your or your dad supported, you know, and Leeds Leeds weren't doing very well when I was a kid. So obviously and then at the time like Dennis Irwin and Roy Keane and stuff were in Man United. So it's just kind of that like nationalist association that you have all oh, there's Irish players there. That's the team I'm gonna support. So so then
0: once you kind of decided that you wanted to be a little bit more serious about playing the game, what was the – what was kind of the next step or where was your next involvement?
1: Yeah, so, like, it, it's it's crazy to think, and, and and I know, like, further down in this podcast we'll, we'll chat about what I'm currently doing right now. But, like, in Ireland, um, the way secondary school or for Americans high school is set up, it's, it, uh, it's very competitive. We have a thing called – we have an exam called the Leaving here. And it's basically, um, it drives uh, enrollment for, or where you're going to go in, in your higher level education. So you're basically at the age of 16 and 17 you have to make up your mind what you want to do in university for the rest of your life. Basically, right? Like whatever path, so there's back doors in, um, but for the most part, you kind of have to make a decision. And it's all, it's all at a point system. So if you don't get enough points, you don't actually get to go into that program. Now that's not based on your educational ability it's based on need and we only offer a certain amount of spots for each program um, and then, and then I heard actually Dylan Cassidy who was on the pod, uh, who was on your podcast already he told me about Clash which is like a soccer academy and he was like hey what they do is they, uh, they form a team you continue your education which was big for me as well and you get the opportunity potentially uh, to receive a soccer scholarship if a coach from the United States takes interest in it. Um, and that's kind of from there, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. That's, that's definitely what I want to do. Um, yeah, so I, I obviously, I, I tried out for Clash to Eat It, I made it. And then uh, that's where kind of me and you came into contact uh, several months later. What, what's the pressure like for the 16,
0: 17 year old where it's like, you're going to have to take these exams and then we're going to tell you like how high you can achieve for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. It, I mean, looking back now, I understand that more like there's a massive flaw in the system. But at the time, it's like you grow up in it. So it's just, like you don't know any difference. Right. So it's like, oh, this must be the way it works. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't understand educational systems in other countries. Like I love the United States educational system and how it kind of, if, particularly if you're into sport, how they kind of you can combine both of them together, you know, and the whole concept of a student athlete, it, it, I, I, I love it, you know? And we don't have that in Ireland. It's just a complete separation between academics and sports, you know? Um, but, yeah, the pressure is huge. Like, I remember at the time, I was like, I really want to do something sports-related. I, and I, but I was like, there's such a high demand for it. I will never get them points, you know? Because they basically just pluck whoever does the best in their exams, you know? So I was probably going to have to do some sort of a business, low-level business degree just so I could say I had a college education, you know, before obviously the opportunity of Kalashdita came around. So then when Kalashdita came around, which obviously I'm a huge fan of what
0: that program did for and does for a lot of kids. But, um, you know, once that came and you got to come over and you guys played in Memphis and, um, you know, you had the opportunity to, to stay and talk about like what that felt. Was that a relief? Did you feel pressure? What, what happened at that point?
1: Yeah. Like, so it was one of them weird. It was one of them things that like the year I clashed to either, either you feel this immense pressure, right? Because what it did was it kind of gave you a year to kind of get, get on your feet, start looking around, seeing like, Oh, maybe I might have to go to England or Scotland or, or go to university in a different country. Right. Because if you weren't happy with the points that you received in the Irish system, uh, you, you maybe had to go elsewhere. So I was looking and exploring other options but obviously the ultimate call is the United States. But you, you, you need to perform, right? Because the United States education is not cheap. So like, there's, there's other variables at play. And it's, it's whether or not a coach that takes interest in it is, uh and can you afford that at the same time. Is they going to give you a good enough offer that you can afford it? Um, and obviously I'll, I'll never forget. The, I actually think that's still one of my clearest moments um, was the moment that after we, we, we played a game, I remember you, you approached one of my, one of my teammates um, and who and also came over with me. And you were like, hey, I'm also interested in number eight. Can you call him over? And I came over and I had that first conversation. I actually still remember that first conversation that we had. And, and I was over the moon. Like, I, I actually remember your, that conversation alone made me play better the rest of that tournament because I kind of had that pressure off my back saying, well, it, it coaches demonstrate interest in me. So now maybe like there's something there, you know so it kind of gave me that confidence that that confidence to continue um, and took a lot of pressure off me because i was like well there's an offer there now now it can kind of be free you kind of took the shackles off a little bit
0: well i'm glad i could release you from the shackles steve (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so then you know you can talk about this because i feel like you have a lot of experience now kind of in the in the academic world having been a teacher a lot of so Talk about as an Irish kid coming over the, the differences between, you know, junior college and AIA division ones. And then, like you said, a huge factor is the price point and what, what's going to make it uh, palatable for, for, uh, for a, young Irish kid to, to come over and, and what's going to be like the best path. Kind of talk about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I, I wish um, a lot of people went to junior college row. I say it, I say, I say it all the time to like Irish kids that reach out to me. Are, or when I go home and I'm talking to clubs and they're like, I'd love to go to the United States. And they hear of like the big schools, right? But they don't understand that there's a lot more at play uh, than just their ability on the, on the field. You know, it's like obviously their education and um, price is a, is a big one. Uh, the way the system works too, like uh, if you've played at an Academy level, or maybe even if you're, you you've played at that semi pro, your borderline uh, at the pro level, you may be red shirt for a year. And can you deal with all them? Also, to get, the American game is very physical too, so are you ready to come over right away and play with guys that are four or five years older than you, you know? There's, a, there's, another, there's another variable that kids don't think about because they're usually playing at U18s and all the kids are their age. So there's so many things, but I, I, I love the junior college option and, and I, I didn't necessarily have a choice right, because you were, the, you were the best offer and you were the one that basically showed me. The care, and that's another thing that they don't, they, that's not discussed as well as how much a coach uh, shows interest in me as well, which is another thing. For me, was like, well, if if Coach Barkley's shown this much interest in me, I know I'm going to be looked after when I go over there, right? So he's creating this kind of sense of a uh, family, uh, you know. So that was a, that was another big one for me as well. So and then and then and then the smaller class sizes too. I think that that plays a big far, part. You have a lot of distractions in college. Um, and I think the smaller class sizes, particularly in junior colleges, kind of keep you on the straight and narrow. And particularly if you're living in a smaller town, like in Union, Missouri, when I attended East Central College under yourself, and um, that really helped with kind of keeping you on the straight and narrow um, and allowing you kind of that chance and that opportunity to be successful because you don't have so many distractions.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, one, one of those other elements is, you talked about acclimating to the game on the field, the physicality, the difference in ages, and then the classroom, but there's also the cultural change too. It's like you're moving to a new country where just the way of life is different. Everything, you know, it's a, it's a new culture. So it's an, it's different people, like the ability to be able to acclimate to the changing culture. That's a, a whole new challenge in itself. Like do you just get homesick after three or four months and, and you go home and you know that challenge is is massive as well
1: yeah yeah like and um for sure like i i say it all the time like i i I, and i and i wholeheartedly believe it i think a lot of your education your education is not just tied to the classroom like you learn a lot from interacting with different cultures you learn a lot from 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 your coachings from your coaching staff you learn a lot from players on the field you learn a lot from that preseason environment where you you get to learn a lot about yourself as an individual because it's very tough, you know. And then, then obviously you grow that bond with your teammate too. There's so much education in the in the scholarship and the student athlete life that that extend far beyond the classroom itself, you know. Which is what again why I'm a big advocate for. And I think anybody that has any aspirations to go on, no matter what the sport is, and to compete at, at the collegiate level, I I would always encourage them to do it.
0: And then once you came over, the, the junior college route opened another door. So after you finished your two years at, at uh, in the junior college world, um, another door was opened. And, and talk about kind of what that experience was like and how you continued to kind of follow the rabbit hole. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so like you said, there's there's many different levels. And my 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 big thing, particularly at the uh, particularly at the time, and um, like when you're when you're in. When you're in junior college, junior, and, and and this wasn't information that I wasn't aware of, right? Like, as I, know, I know yourself in many a conversation and, and, and other members at East Central, like, they keep preaching, like, grades are super important, grades are super important. But when you're there, you're like, well, you know, if I just pass and I can play, I'll be fine. But once you got the transfer, you realize, well, uh, academic scholarships are equally as important, if not more than athletic, right, really. But they, they kind of play hand in hand with each other. So when I was looking the transfer, obviously, um, I was looking for a game. Uh, a program that wanted me every bit as much as I wanted to be there. That's that's pretty important. The culture was the program a, a winning program. Could they go on and win a conference again? Because if you want to, if you if you have that kind of mentality where you want to win, you need that. But then does it have your major as a big point? And then obviously, as already discussed, but can you afford to attend that university too? Right, the scholarship that is awarded to you can can you afford it? You know, um and. And there was, there was, I got several offers a lot. Uh, you helped me out with a lot. But I think Holy Cross, when I played that summer with the St. Louis Lions and they seen we play at that level, they had reached out. They had reached out pretty early and I had a couple of teammates from the St. Louis Lions that were attending Holy Cross College. So I think that kind of gave me that level of comfortableness as well to go, you know what, I'm not going to feel like I'm starting all over again and um, I have basically like friends that are part of this program as well so I kind of had that level of comfort I was comfortable you know going up there too so
0: and talk about that experience once you got there what did it look like then you have to kind of reacclimate to a new environment and you know what direction did that take you
1: yeah so it was kind of polar opposite a little bit because I I went from union missouri and which is a small town for anybody that doesn't know what it is. I'm not, population, I think it's 10 or 11,000. There's not a lot going on. Um, to a small college in a, but it was on a tri campus. So it shared a campus with University in name and St. Mary's College. So there was a lot of distractions. So it was definitely, um, it was definitely, it was crazy. But I, I had a big learning lesson before I left East Central College when I was trying to transfer. I was running into a lot of blocks. I, I remember my, my transfer in GPA, I think it was like a 2.7. And I remember like a lot of college coaches saying, oh, we would have you, but we can't stack our scholarship enough because your GPA is not 3.0 or higher. I remember that just, I, I constantly got that, you know. They said, we'll, we'll take you, but you're, you're not going to get the number that you want or, or whatever, you know. And I remember going to, to Holy Cross because I remember at the time, um, again, their, their GPA, the uh, accessibility for scholarships was a little bit lower, so I was thankful. But I remember going in and going, "I don't care about these distractions. I need to get my head on academically here because I need to be above a three, three uh, I think I, I think I actually extended my goal to like a three three or three four because I was like, you know what? That's what that's what success is as well. Like not just on the on the soccer field, but can you be successful for your program academically as well? You know, so that switch was that switch was huge. It came, it came too late for you in, <laughs> at East Central, but for Coach Omar, I got the benefits of, of that switch out of me academically. Um, but the, just the, big, the biggest adjustment for me culturally was, was more distractions, right? University of Notre Dame being on your doorstep and you're sharing a campus with them. Um, and there's a lot more things to do in the, in the city of South Bend and Union. And um, you kind of have to really kind of buckle down, particularly in season and, and, and stay focused on tasks.
0: And then when you finished there, you you kind of continued to pursue your playing opportunities, and um, that kind of took you on a little bit of a a, a trip as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when I finished there, I had an opportunity to – I went on trial, me and two of my teammates, to uh, India 11 after the season ended. We had a pretty good season that year, my senior year. We got ranked uh, number 22 in the country, first time Holy Cross had ever been nationally ranked before. So kind of coming off that momentum, I felt really good, really sharp. Didn't have any injuries after the season ended. So we went to trial with uh, Indy 11. And we originally went with their NASL team. Um, one of my teammates, I believe, made it. Um, he ended up signing for Louisville in the NBA. I think he made it to the NASL team. But two of us didn't, but they signed it for the NPSL team. So I was like, all right, cool. That's, that's awesome. That was going to be my backup plan anyway. Um, again, long story with that that ended up falling through kind of close to the end, uh, you know, as foreigners with certain visa issues and, and stuff like that. So, but I, I got to uh, coach Omar offered me, he's like, Hey, do you want to come back and coach? You know, this would be your first kind of foot in the door with coaching. I was like, yeah, awesome. And a lot of the guys still had respect for me because I was the captain of my senior year at Holy Cross. So kind of more of like a, um, a fellow player kind of just giving advice. Really. I wasn't really coaching by any stretch, you know, just kind of helping out whatever I could. Um, And then, yeah, I kind of started there because that's kind of my entrance into coaching. But I I did go for several more trials, which ended me back in Europe. But I don't know if you want to go down that rabbit hole because that's a a few crazy stories. I 100% do
0: because I think uh, you and I talked when that was happening and uh, kind of went sideways and couldn't come back. And I I think it's a really interesting story. So I'd love to hear kind of how some of those opportunities came up and and what was the consequence?
1: Yeah, so – when I was coaching with which Coach Omar, right, I uh, I was doing everything you know, as a young coach would do. I was coaching with Kiver Coaching, who Coach Armour's affiliated with. I was with his club, Michiana Echo, just trying to make ends meet as a young coach is trying to do early in the game. And I was training really hard, and I actually had finished a half marathon in the in the November and and, and or it's the late October November of the of my first year coaching. And I remember, like, when you're still fit and you're young, like, my ego was telling me, hey, you can still go play. Like, don't just, don't just quit here. Like, give it one last kind of push. So I signed up for a combine in Chicago the, uh, the December of that year. I think it was December of 2016, if memory serves me correctly. And I went to the combine. And I remember the first, we well, didn't even kick a ball at the beginning of the combine. You had to do a, a yo-yo test. And I remember they split us into different groups because there were too many of us there. And I, I, my group, I finished top of the OUF. So right away, like I had eyeballs on me from whoever scouts or coaches that were there. So after we played the first round of games, which was later on that evening, and I had a coach come up to me and he said to me, or sorry, a scout come up to me and said, hey, would you be interested in going over to Europe? And he's like, I really like how you played. Uh, you're obviously, you're, you're fit and you look, you look good. Like, would you like to go over and, and try out? And he was like, I, I'm affiliated with a club in Iceland with Sweden. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'd love to give it an opportunity. Sure, why not? Um, and about a month went past after that combine. You know, I played a few more games and I didn't hear anything. So I kind of just thought, oh, well, maybe nothing's going to come of it. Um, but... They were... Two or three days after Christmas, I got a phone call saying, hey, uh, we got you a trial. Uh, it's in five days in uh, Derry City, which is in Northern Ireland. It's part of the electricity league, which would you like to go? And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, that's obviously where I grew up, Ireland. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I can't really pass it up. Sure, why not? And um, so uh, five days later, I think I booked my flight for literally the day before the tryout started. I flew in that day and then um, made, my way up to, uh, made my way up to Derry City. So a bit of a roller coaster there. Um, and then from Derry, when I went up there, I have to be honest, there was a lot of naivety at play, because uh, when I went in, the first day was uh, we did fitness testing, and I, I, did, I did okay. Like, like I said, like I was fit. Like, that was never going to be my issue. Again, I think what kind of kept me there for longer than I probably should have been in regards to what I turned out when I arrived was when I first got there, my, we did like a VO2 max test, and I scored pretty high. So they were like, oh, well, we don't know who this kid is coming from America. He's Irish, but he was over in America. Uh, so we'll keep him. So I stayed there for a week. But I definitely, having not played a proper game, having played, sorry, two proper games, which we were at that combine in the space of 17, 18 months, I wasn't ready to go in with a, with a, with a premier top level, Ed who at the time were in the Europa League team. Like I just, I was just not ready to go in and play with them guys. And um, the level was just, I mean, I could hang in there, but I was definitely like, I knew like after 2000, like, they're definitely not going to find me, like it's, I'm not what they're looking for, you know, which was humbling. Um, and it was, it was great to see that level. But uh, but also, they kept me there for a week. And as each day went past, like, I obviously lost levels of confidence because I was like, I mean, they're for sure not going to sign me because I'm not performing in training. Um, And there was a whole host of other trialists uh, added that were like coming from Man United and Tottenham Hotspur. And I'm like, you're kind of playing in your own head. It's like, ah, there's definitely no way, you know. And I probably self-sabotage myself a little bit with that. So obviously a week came by and they said, look, we're looking for someone more experienced. We're obviously in the Europa League um, and we're looking to kind of extend our try to get out of group stages of that and you're just you just don't have the experience that we're looking for so so then what was
0: what happened next though because then talk about like visas and at that point you wanted to come back
1: yeah well I actually got a trial so what ended up actually happening with that I was was with them for about weeks and then I went back to Dublin and then I was just like I was like, there's a local team. So it's kind of like a top amateur team, which would be the league below what the professional league is in Ireland. So there's a a drop-off, right? There's only a certain amount of professional teams. So I went training with them and I was with them for two or three weeks and I was feeling feeling really good, you know, like the drop in level was pretty significant. So when I went training with them, I was feeling really sharp. And their coach said to me, he's like, hey, we could selfishly ask to sign you and keep you or we could get you another trial with a professional team in the electricity league. So I was like, I mean, if you're like asking, sure, like I would love another opportunity. So uh, I went for tra- train with uh, Shamrock Rovers. Um, I'm not sure if you, if you uh, know the name. I went train with them for four weeks. It was a great opportunity, just shy of four weeks. Um, and that was actually complete opposite because I went in there with a completely different mentality. I went in there with, you know what, like I already know what to expect. Uh, I already know how fast this, this, this game is going to be. Um, and, I, and I actually, I, I did pretty well. Now, I, again, again I wasn't shocked that they didn't sign me by any stretch, but I definitely, my experience there compared to Mary was too, like it was twofold. It was, I definitely did a lot better. Um, and I felt really confident. I felt like I could mix it with them, but I was like, I understood why I wasn't signed either. Again, looking for that kind of experience. I was 23 at the time. I was like, I didn't have any pro experience either. So I was looking to basically go from no pro experience to Premier level pro experience, and um, so again, I, I understood that it was a reach, but I got the opportunity, and um, but I was obviously going to take the opportunity, and um, but unfortunately it didn't work out. But I got to like kind of mix with some unbelievable players, and then when I was actually at Shamrock Rovers at the time, uh, Damien was their assistant coach, so that was I was in I was in amazement every day going to training and working under him, so it was pretty cool experience. Yeah, I mean, none
0: of of these leave you without something that you can take away that you'll be able to use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. So.
0: So then what what happens next? So so you meet with uh, Shamrock Rovers and they're not interested in, in signing you. Here's my other question before we move on to the next thing. Who's who are you leaning on for guidance as you're going through this? Is there anyone that's you're kind of saying, how should I manage this? Is it do you have a family member or an agent or? Like, who's kind of helping you? Yeah, like,
1: I mean, my, 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 yeah, my family, like, my family were definitely there as a support, but, like, I, I was the furthest that I had ever made it in the in the football community in my family. So, like, I mean, nobody had the experience, right? Everybody was just more, like, kind of giving me encouragement, like, go for it. And the Shamrock Rovers experience was definitely very different than the Derry experience, because I went in there knowing what to expect. For the Derry one, I went in a little bit naive even blind. You know, I was definitely, like, kind of shocked, how like how not ready I was for it. With the Shamrock Rovers one, I had a little bit more time on the ball. I had already experienced the week with Derry, so when I went in there, and and I, and I knew what to expect. Like I knew how fast the ball was going to move, I knew who fit everybody was going to be. I knew how good everybody was going to be. I knew like if you, if you took a bad touch, the ball was going to be taken off you right away. Like so, I was very I was very ready for it. And um, so my experience is much different. But I also went in there with um the freedom of look if they sign me amazing but if they don't sign me this is an unbelievable experience i went in there basically feeling free pressure free anyway you know with the very one i don't know what i was expecting i kind of felt like maybe because they offered me to come over from america they were going to sign me maybe i i I thought that and then that's where obviously um the mentality of like i felt kind of unsure of myself after it and after the first day they're going whoa this is way too good for my level or way too good for i was at the time anyway so and but nobody was really guiding me it's kind of just kind of guiding myself on you and, and then asking anybody that I could for advice uh, that I was close to. I know I reached out to yourself. I reached out to coach Omar and a few other coaches that I had and kind of said like, well, what should I do? Like, well, where should I go next? You know?
0: So, you know, I, I think a piece of advice, maybe you might have for a younger generation, upcoming players to, remove the shackles from themselves before they get in those experiences it kind of seems like it was a couple of times where your own mental restraints kind of restricted your performances and it's like to go in there and free your mind don't have any like preset expectations and just remember that it's like you're playing the game you love and just go do your
1: thing oh for, oh, for sure for sure like i i i I, I made my situation at Derry City worse than it actually was, right? Like, I definitely – because I was so shocked at how good everybody was there. Um, I made it worse, right? Because I was like, I probably could have performed a lot better than I did. But I, like I said, again, like it was a complete uh, 180 at Sherman Grover's. I went in there and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give them my all. I know how good they're – I'm expecting how good they're going to be. And I just gave them my all, and I felt a lot different. And the result was still the same. But I felt a lot better about myself because I knew I gave 110%. Uh, in the second experience
0: yeah and how, how much more of a, a chance you know it gives you when you go in there with that that freed mind where you felt free you know same kind of thing where after you and i had
1: that discussion like you removed the pressure yeah. from yourself and you performed yeah, no, for, sure, much for sure for sure and, and 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 honestly it was that moment in dairy and that self-reflection that I honestly, like, it's helped me with a lot of other things. It's transferred to a lot of other things in my life as well, you know? So uh, it was definitely an experience that I look back on and I don't, I don't regret it by any stretch, you know? And that's why I, I openly talk about it. I think, I think everybody has experienced that at some stage in their life, whether it's something to do with football related, whether it was a job interview that they botched, whatever, you know? They've experienced that at some stage where they, um, they hindered themselves more than the event actually hindered them so yeah just kind of
0: having an appreciation for the experience that you're in yep. living in the moment and and just appreciating yep. the no, moment for
1: sure for sure and, and and it led to a lot of fantastic things after the fact you know like yeah it all happens for a reason you know and and i and i wouldn't go back and change any of it because what led after that um i'm i'm thoroughly grateful for you know and i wouldn't be in the position i am today maybe if they had a digest you know so. yeah and you and come. Right? I, I wouldn't go that far. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so then what, what was the next step? What was the next door that opened for you after Shamrock Rovers? Where, where,
1: yeah, so I went back team? and I signed with that team. I went back and signed with Luke United. Uh, I continued to play with them. And I was just reaching out then for uh, – I was like, well, I definitely liked coaching. The mini the mini experience that I had uh, with Holy Cross, I really liked it. Um, I said I wanted to stay in the game. So, again, through, through talking with you and Coach Omar and other coaches that I knew, I think graduate assistant was definitely the uh, kind of the next phase that I should go for, right? You know, it's kind of advance your education, which nowadays everybody seems to you need to have a master's right to um, go places, and also you get to kind of work with uh, back in the coaching game, you know? And so I got accepted as a graduate assistant and uh, July, the summer of um, 2018 um, at Heidelberg University, which is a Division three school in Clifton, Ohio. Okay, and, and talk about how that opportunity
0: came up, how the interview process was, and, and um, you know, some of the things you learned in that.
1: Yeah, that no, there. for sure. For uh, So, again, I was definitely, like, Really prepared for that, right? But, like, again, I, I reached out to several different co- – I had met many coaches from, from PDL and MPSL, um, and, I, and I and I quizzed them all. I was like, so what like what to expect? Because Division Three is completely different, right? You're, you don't have any athletic scholarship. And I knew recruitment. I knew that they were enrollment-driven institutions. I knew that they had to carry a high roster. I knew fundraising was pretty big for – well, it's, it's pretty big for most programs. But, again, at Division Three level, fundraising usually kind of boosts your budget up. So I was very prepared for it. So Coach Willick actually had me on Skype because I was living in Ireland at the time. And I remember he put me through the gauntlet. Through the um, and I was like, I think I did six hours of interviews, definitely the longest interview that I've ever done in my life. And he had me, he had the Dean of Students interview, he had the athletic director, he had several different head coaches, all asking me from different facets of the game. And then obviously he came on for more soccer-specific questions, but they were asking me from recruiting to fundraising um. To academics and, and basically anything to do with being a being a a college coach, and I was asked you know so I felt like and I felt obviously getting the, I got the job obviously after that long extensive interview, so I, obviously I did pretty well on the interview, but um yeah the division that that, that itself again, and obviously all the setbacks that we we've discussed previous uh, i don't think I would have done as well you know when like you're talking to the Dean of students and the director of athletics and then other head coaches. But again, kind of, as you, as I already mentioned, you kind of have that shackle space, like, look, I don't have the job, right? So the worst that can happen is they say no. So you kind of go into it with that kind of freed mind. Um, and I feel like the past experience really helps you with that. So Yeah.
0: So then you got to kind of experience, you got a lot of hands-on experience at the Heidelberg
1: um, at the
0: job and in, in terms of the college coaching and and what, what the role was and the expectations. talk about kind of your, first experience and kind of getting involved in every yeah facet so of running so again
1: programs. with a lot of these smaller programs and it's not just a division 3 naia juco i know you, i know you had it yourself, like they're not fully staffed so we had the head coach uh, coach Civilik, and myself and um, basically tasked with running the running the entire program you know and you have to obviously keep a certain roster size and um, the recruitment was recruitment was the biggest challenge for me because not only are you not only are you being tasked to recruit players to kind of go on and win yourself the trophy, you're being obviously asked to kind of really recruit a varsity, recruit a JV team, and depending on your numbers, maybe even a freshman team. So, and we and we're only having two coaches. Then obviously you're you're bringing into into it that, um, uh, yeah. So there's obviously other variables that it. So I remember even at the time I was there, and I was like, when do I? I remember asking myself that question like my first uh, few weeks. I was like, "I do everything book coach." Uh, I felt like I was in admissions counselor my first couple of weeks. But no, all in all, the the skills that you learn at that level was, was fantastic. You know, it's fantastic. So, so then after your time expired, obviously you
0: you graduated. You got your masters. Um, what the what was yeah? The next so
1: um, that? again. Before 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 leaving Heidelberg, uh, Coach Savillik, top man, uh, he was great, great mentor for me as well. Inside the game, outside the game, he did a lot for me. He gave me a lot of guidance. He he kind of like gave me advice. He was like, "Look, if, if this is the route you're looking to go, um, here's here's my advice." He's been, been in around the game about fifteen years, from from assistant coach at D three D two, and from getting to the winning the national tournament as a as an assistant coach. So yeah, he, he experienced a lot. Um so I was looking to I was looking to stay in the collegiate game um, and looking to kind of jump and try to get into a head coach's position, you know. Um I had several interviews my head coach's job, both on women's programs and men's programs. None of them none of them uh, came to be, unfortunately. But fortunately enough, I did graduate with my masters in education and I always had in the back of my mind that I wouldn't mind giving teaching a little go because my favorite aspect of of um of coaching is coaching itself. You know, it's it's not the other stuff that, that gets tied to it it's actually engaging with the athletes and the students. So um from there I, I applied for a for a teacher's position uh, under my content area obviously um with the South Bend empowerment zone and, and I got hired and kind of I'm I'm still there today.
0: At point you kind of stepped away from, from coaching and you stepped into
1: yeah. the world of, yeah. of teaching so, Oh uh so 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 South Bend School District um in twenty nineteen uh the South Bend Empowerment Zone, which came in and took over five of their schools four of their elementary schools and um, the middle school, which is where I work. Um and it came in to basically ah, uh, d let's not go down that rabbit hole, but it came in and took over the schools kind of kind of uh hand in hand with the South Bend School District and the state and uh, to kind of boost up uh test scores. Um, and kind of closed the, the equity gap um, that was going on in the west side of South Bend. So I came in there and uh, I said to myself, well, right away, and, and, and again, I have to thank you for this advice yourself and Coach Omar Bowie's been mentors my whole uh, nine years that I've as been in America. And he said, don't leave the coaching game. Even if, it's, even if you're staying in youth or even if you have to volunteer at the university level, just don't leave the game because once you leave, it's very difficult to get back in. So I kind of really took that advice on board, and and Coach Omar extended again an invitation. He was like, "Hey, come coach my club." He offered me the director of first skills. He's like, "You're just working with little kids, and then if you want, uh, you can coach uh, a couple of teams." So I I, I jumped at the opportunity. again. said, "Yeah," and I'd and I'd love to coach more on the female side because I had no experience with the females. So I currently still coach. I coach their uh, their. Uh, oh nine girls and then they're all five girls as well as being the director of their their first skills program as well which is which is pretty uh which is pretty cool so i teach full-time obviously at the still Ben empowerment zone and then i coach out with michiana echo as well so which is pretty cool and so how has
0: it been kind of getting back into the college coaching and um kind of getting your game or getting it back yeah, your so, and, and coach, on. Yeah. So obviously coaching,
1: with miss echo again. Oh my God. I said to him, I was like, Hey, like I would love to, to come on board and your coaching staff again w- on the female side. So I can get a little bit of experience on that side. And he said, look, come back on board. You're an alum, you're former captain, a former assistant coach. We'd love to have you back. And uh, how about you come back with a, uh, with both programs? You know, I said to him, I was like, um, say sure. I said, I just don't know how much of a commitment I can give to two programs since I'm coaching at your club and obviously teaching. He was like, let's do this, come back on as a as a fitness coach and you just run all the fitness for, for both programs. So it's it's been amazing. It's been amazing and it's really it's really helped strengthen that one kind of specific component of my game. And doing a lot of data with the team and kind of basically proving saying, Hey, this is where you were six weeks ago. This is where you are now and it's really helped me kind of fall back in love with the game. Of, uh, particularly from a coaching end, uh, because I definitely was. Although I was trying to get stay in the coaching game before going into teaching, um, I was getting a little bit burnt out from you know from the recruiting and, and all the non soccer specific aspects of college of the college uh, coach's life. Um, but this has kind of re sparked that fire underneath me to kind of stay in. I'm like, and, I, and I'm loving it again. So I'm very thankful for the for the opportunities that have been presented. And you always kind
0: of had um, like an infatuation with with the fitness aspect. I think you know you were one of the ones that was emailing me regularly ten years ago when you were doing my off season fitness program. So, and I know you and I had talked about uh, a lot of fitness stuff when you were there. So, I think that's an element of the game. Yeah, for sure. Special
1: interest. Um, Yeah, like and 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 I feel like again, obviously having my personal trainer's license, and it's it's just something you know yourself you 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 want to keep up with. You always want to keep up. It um, are like you're. I'm still young. right? I'm only 27, so I still I still run myself. And and I say to the, I say to the guys all the time, look, I'm not going to ask you to do something that currently I can't do right now. So I think I gained their trust as well to say, look, I'm not going to ask you to do something crazy. Um, if it's not achievable, and, and I'm big on with particularly this year. Um, the season being very short. You know, I think I I just read the other day uh, Coach Omar's email. He said to me that they're playing. Um, Eleven games in thirty days, you know. So, which is a crazy amount of games, and and between trainings and and games, is probably upwards of about 100k or 110k uh, in that 30 days that they're going to be running. So, again, I'm big on the injury prevention side of it as well, not just the fitness, not just the fitness component.
0: And I think another element that that you've kind of addressed several times through your story is, which which I also agree with, is reaching out to people. And, you know, using your experiences with your peers, with former players, former coaches and and utilize their experiences when you kind of come to those crossroads. And I know I personally still reach out to a, a ton of peers of mine when I when I have situations where it's like, well, have you ever been in a situation like this? How did you handle it? Um, what do you think about this? Like bouncing ideas off of, you know, other people in the game that, you know, and and I think having mentors to, to look to to lean on has certainly helped me a lot. Um, in, in all of my experiences so I, I, and it seems as though yeah something no, that you've like, leaned on I mean well. you're,
1: only, you're only really as good as the people that you surround yourself with right like you can only really advance as far and if you're not asking them questions and you're trying to do it all alone so you're going to have a lot of uh, you're going to learn a lot of lessons harsh the harsh way you know so if you have someone that if I know coach Barkley has gone through this before why wouldn't I ask him for his advice so maybe I can avoid a headache that I don't need you know um, with, and, and a whole host of other coaches that I can ask their advice with. Um, so that's my kind of approach. Like if I can avoid a, a headache or a hiccup um, that I don't need and other coaches have kind of gone through it the hard way and they can give me advice, I'm, I'm more than willing to take it.
0: Yeah, and there's even situations where, you know, I'll call someone and they'll be like, wow, I've never yeah. been in that situation. But you can talk it out with them. You know, it's like you, they kind of help you see it from a different perspective, you know, and they provide that that – that third set of eyes to kind of just have that discussion
1: and, and see where it goes. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but like the actual art of coaching itself, like oh, I've learned so much. I feel like I've become a better coach since I've been, become a teacher, right? Because coaching is obviously not just how much you know about the game, but it's, it's, it's your level of uh, communication. You know, can you break down a lesson? Are the kids actually learning from what you're teaching them? You know? So Actually, becoming a teacher has actually made me a better coach, funny enough, you know, particularly at the youth level anyway. And um, so I've learned a lot from, from, from that aspect. It, well, a lot of transferable skills that you learn in the, in the classroom that you can bring onto the field and vice versa. A lot that I, I learned on the field, from, um, I can bring into the classroom so that, so that they do kind of uh, go hand in hand with each other, which is pretty nice.
0: There, it's this one in the same, isn't it? It's teaching and coaching and we're using sport as the
1: vehicle nine years in march i think it's march 12th since our first conversation so it's crazy and to, be, yeah. and to be honest with you i don't i don't ever like think back on it i don't I haven't like you know you're still young and i'm sure you're the same you don't ever get the opportunity to really like look back on things right so like i was I was basically uh, recalling all this from memory the first time kind of with you like you don't really have the time to kind of sit back and smell the roses because your journey's obviously still continuing you know and it's many more paths to go down. But it's, it's, it's pretty cool what you do here and, 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 and talking to kind of uh, coaches here and kind of getting to bring you down their memory lane. And you, I'm sure you go down your one with them as well. So
0: I remember a conversation where you and I sat down and you thanked me because you said one of the biggest takeaways I had playing for you was that no matter the outcome of the game, whether we win, whether we lose, no matter what, you always acted the same. You, you always treated the opposition coach the same. You kept the same demeanor, like whether we won or lost. And it was like something I didn't even really notice about myself. But when you said that, it was like when I reflected, it was like, well, I had a bunch of fiery Irish kids that get sent off if I showed any action. So I had to keep a cool head. Um, but, you know, that stuck with me when we had that conversation, when you said that that stuck with you about, you know, kind of always treating the opposition kind of the same yeah, regard no, for sure for sure game.
1: definitely definitely my freshman year i was not the uh, i was not the uh the best loser in the world i think we can i think we both say that's fair to say but uh <laughs> but that, i i got better at that as my career went on so do you mean that that year we set a record
0: for yeah most i think that the year yeah during a single season yeah uh, nah, that
1: would be that year <laughs>
0: Well, listen, Steve, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing the story. It's-
1: Just to reiterate to uh, your listeners, if it wasn't for you, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us, crazy Irish and English and Scottish people that are over here, wouldn't have had the opportunity. So I greatly appreciate it. And we've been speaking with Stephen Smith,
0: assistant coach at Holy Cross College and staff coach at Michigan Echo. thanks for listening to Down the Tunnel. I'm Keen Barclay. Join us again next time as we talk all things soccer. Send your comments and questions to downthetunnel at gmail.com.